welcome to Beautiful Life. On today's broadcast, we have a special guest with us that I am believing is going to bring such great encouragement and inspiration to you. Dr. Terry Willis, we welcome you to our program today. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much for being with us. Dr. Willis is a, a special, uh, close personal friend as well. I had the privilege um, and the honor of pastoring her and her family for, I would say, maybe eight, eight years, yes. something like that. Yes. And um, in, in the context of, of, of being in our church at that time, Terry also uh, held the position of being one of our lead counselors in the ministry. She has an incredible resume. She is the founder of Love and Willis Family Counseling. She's a licensed, ordained, and board certified by the National Christian Counsel Counselors Association. She has written and published, self-published two books, mm -hmm. Hear the Flowers Sing, an illustrated children's book, and Cultivating Joy, an inspirational mini book uh, that's for ages 12 to 112, as yes. you write in your biography. Mm -hmm. Dr. Terry is a 1986 graduate of the University of Memphis with a BA in marketing and advertising. In 2005, she obtained an MA in clinical Christian counseling and in 2007, Terry graduated with a Doctor of Philosophy in Clinical Christian Psychology, receiving both degrees from Cornerstone University. And as a licensed clinical uh, pastoral counselor, Dr. Terry <clears throat> provides counseling in the following areas of board certification, marriage and family, child and adolescent, and crisis and abuse therapies. Uh, Dr. Terry also has a lovely daughter, Ashley, who uh, is right now finishing up her time in college. And uh, we are just so excited to have her with, her with us with all these incredible credentials that we are going to uh, pick her brain today in some uh, areas that I think will bring great hope and encouragement to you. Here at Beautiful Life, it's really important for me uh, as part of our vision to really help uh, our, our listeners and our viewers to know that you are not designed to go through life alone. And uh, Dr. Terry, I think that you would agree that, that sometimes in, uh, in uh, the Christian world especially, mm -hmm. uh, in the religious world, that there's a, a little bit of a stigma that people have about or feel around uh, asking people for help, right? Right. Um, what in your practice have you found that to be a barrier in, in, in your practice where people maybe suffer for longer periods of time simply because they feel that uh, there's something wrong with asking for help? Well, I tell you what, it, it's a shame that in, in the church and in certain places that people require people to be perfect when that doesn't exist. Right. And so I find that people start to sabotage themselves, doubt themselves, and it, it becomes a barrier to everything that they're trying to do. And, and, and in essence, what happens is it prolongs their suffering. Correct. And, you know, we, we I believe, hey, I'm a revivalist. I am, always, I am about awakening. And, yeah. uh, you know, the, the anointing uh, that's on my life is, is really about uh, awakening people to their life and their purpose in Christ uh, and, and to come alive in Christ that Christianity is meant to be a supernatural lifestyle. And when I preach and minister, that is the anointing that's on my life is to awaken people's destiny mm -hmm. and potential in their lives. But I also had the privilege 
of pastoring for 14 years and in that context realize that someone can come to a meeting filled with the Holy Spirit and power and all kinds of demonstrations of the gifts, but in their personal lives really be battling issues that God does not want them to have to battle alone. You are not meant to be an island. And so I believe that when God gives people, like Dr. Terry, with tremendous gifts of discernment and compassion to help uh, others with those issues that they need help with, uh, it's, it's a great benefit to all of us. Uh, God's will, Terry, is for us to be whole spirit, soul, and body. Yes. And so I am grateful for those of you uh, in the body of Christ, uh, those like you that have been gifted so wonderfully uh, with the capacity to really release the love and compassion of God in helping them. Yes, it's, it's kind of funny. I actually went to school first for marketing and advertising. Which has nothing to do with counseling. counseling. But I found that people were still, they would, it's like I had a flashing sign on my head. Yes. And they would just ask me about certain things and they'd want to help. They'd want help with certain things. And it's the compassion of God that caused me to say, you know, if this is going to keep happening, I want to be excellent at it. Right, That's right. really what caused me to go back to school uh, for a master's degree and a PhD. It wasn't a desire of mine. Wow. It was, it was the compassion to help people well. Because everybody needs help with something sometime. Right. You know, throughout their lives. And sometimes, even as they're being raised, there's things that get programmed in their inner dialogue that repeats long after they're adults. Right. And, and if you don't take the time to talk with someone right. and, and feel that there's no shame in it, I, uh, yesterday, in fact, uh, in prepping for this program, I happened to uh, have a, a phone conversation with an individual that was sharing with me about how uh, their, one of their uh, pastors had committed suicide yeah. and the devastating uh, effect that that had on them personally, but also uh, clearly on the congregational life uh, of the church. And I just thought to myself, Wow, that there that person never knew that they could go for help. Right. You know that there was that mask, or uh, you know that, as I said before, the stigma that because I'm in ministry or because I'm supposed to have everything together, yeah. I can't ask for help. Yeah, it just doesn't exist. I mean, if we had to wait until we're perfect or completely whole before we do anything, then no one would be able to, to do anything. Amen. I wouldn't be well, able to I do anything. Well, I feel better already. <laughs> let, let me just tell know, you. Just knowing I don't have to be perfect, no, right? And it, that's it's right. It's as simple as God loves people. Right. And he loves when people will hear that heartbeat. Right. And become synced with his heartbeat. And so that's what he's looking for. Then yes. he will just help us to help people. He'll help us to teach people. Well, He's we, never looking for perfection. It's true, and that's a, that's a great way to end this segment. We will be right back with Dr. Terry Willis after this break. This break. I'm traveling to all 50 states. We're asking Christians to pray, to vote for candidates that stand for biblical values and engage in your community, and I'm going to be sharing the gospel. Join me for the Decision America Tour. Welcome back. We're here uh, for our next segment with Dr. Terry Willis. So, Dr. Terry, we're just going to dive in today uh, in this segment and tell us about your personal testimony, how the Lord has impacted your life. Well, I was actually raised in a Christian home. 
But like most teenagers, when I went to college, I just kind of put God in what I call a vending machine. And so <laughs> right. I never even talked to him unless I needed a favor, like to pass my accounting two test or my statistics oh, test. Oh, wow, yeah. But what I found was over the years that God remained faithful to me. Wow, that that's just like him. It's so much like him that he's such a loving God. And so it was actually his goodness that mm. made me jump back in um, to get to know him a little better right. or allow him to move in my life a little better, I guess I should say. Right. Yes. And then also when I was young, I happened to see a miracle at a very young age and it kind of changed the whole dynamic for me. It went from being something religious to do on Sunday right. to, oh my goodness, God can do that. And he'll do that yes. for anyone. It just totally changed my thinking. And that's not uncommon, actually, Terry. Um, I, I encounter a lot of people that say to me, people that were raised in the church, that sometimes going to church can become part of your family culture. Mm -hmm. But personally encountering Jesus Christ and his power yes. to work in your lives, to, to in your life, to actually even answer prayers mm -hmm. is not even part of the experience. And then when that happens, mm -hmm. it dramatically changes your expression of your faith. Exactly, because I saw that he wasn't looking to me to punish me or be mad at me that I wouldn't talk to him or that I had him in a vending machine. He wasn't concerned about that at wow. all. The second I turned my heart towards him, he was right there being his loving self. And so one of the ways that I know, because I know you personally, that uh, you came to express that was through worship. Uh, yes. Tell us a little bit about your love of singing and, and worship and how that, what that, the, the role that plays in your life. It's kind of funny because similarly, I started out just praising God because that's what I was taught to do in church, in a big choir. Wow, what a great way to start life. <laughs> it really is. I think I was about four years old and I wanted to right. sing with them. And my mom was like, she can't sing with you guys. She can't even read yet. And the choir director was like, let that baby sing. <laughs> and so I started singing and I want to sing with people. But what I learned with that is also when we sing our own song to God in the moment, Right. Like, let's say we're feeling afraid and we just start to say, God, I know you're with me. God, I know you're with me. And it just takes on a whole right. new dy dynamic where God just meets you in the vibration of your sound. Wow. Like and and that's what him. the psalmist did, right? I mean, that's what we have a whole book of the Bible that's songs, things yes. that were uh, thoughts that were sung to God from yes. David sitting in the field or as we read, sitting before the Lord, you know, yes. but we can do it anywhere in the car, uh, you know, at work, wherever, well, maybe not at work, <laughs> depending where we are. Um, but in what way, uh, I noticed that, uh, that in, in your resume and also because I know you so well personally, the place that, uh, singing has had in your life in terms of expressing your joy in the Lord. And you also did publish a great uh, little mini book. Uh, it's called, uh, I actually have the title of it here. It's called Cultivating Joy. Yes. Uh, Dr. Terry had given me a copy last year and it's a wonderful little book that uh, you'll be able to access yourself on amazon.com. The name of it is Cultivating Joy. And so speak to us a little bit about, about that, how you learned about the power of joy in overcoming. Well, let's say I'm going through something difficult. My mind may want to think about all of the challenges that are before me. My mind may want to worry about mm -hmm. how I'm going to get out of it. But instead of doing that, 
I just allow my mind to think about how God's going to get me out of it. Yeah. To think about his goodness, to think about his faithfulness. I even sing about how he has millions of ways to get me out of it. And it switches my brain because what wow. you're thinking on releases into your bloodstream. So when you're thinking on God and his goodness and his ability to get you out of it, mm -hmm. all of a sudden you start to release into your bloodstream uppers. Wow. versus downers. Oh, that's interesting. You're releasing into your blood downers when you're thinking about the problem. Wow. So that is that like scientifically that proven? That is scientific. Wow. Yes. Neuroscientists, they call us neuroplasticians, meaning we can change our minds. So we can make our minds healthy or we can make our minds toxic. And if our minds are toxic, then it's going to release into our bloodstream toxins. Well, what always amazes me is uh, the fact that so many of these things uh, that are tremendous tools for overcoming in life uh, are that maybe science finds or uh, that we actually read, you know, a new study just said so-and-so. Yes. We find it in the Bible. Correct. It's the Bible that tells us, you know, Nehemiah, uh, the great reformer, when he was uh, faced with the great obstacle of building the wall and re restoring his life and the life of his nation. And when he felt discouraged, he said, the joy of the Lord is yes. my strength. Yes. And that's just a, a powerful uh, mini book. Uh, uh, you know, just some, some great thoughts to kind of teach you how to access the joy that's in your heart. Uh, the Bible tells us that when the, when the Holy Spirit comes in us as believers, when we are born again, deposited in us, are all the fruits of the Spirit, right? Yes. Love, joy, peace, patience, righteousness. And one of those gifts, or one of those fruits, rather, mm -hmm. is joy. Is joy. And so joy is in there. Already it's whether or not we're accessing it, right? Correct. And notice the Bible also talks about a merry heart does good like a medicine. Oh, but that's sorrow good. dries yes. the bones. It's because... That's another great verse. Yes, because when you're thinking joyful thoughts or good thoughts or happy thoughts or about what God can do about your situation, you're actually releasing into your bloodstream, again, an upper. Wow. Endorphins wow. are released when you laugh. And that really speaks to also... Uh, music itself, that as believers, we should really be thoughtful about the music that we listen to, yes. you know, because sounds, so sounds, lyrics, you know, we always have the, the thoughts of, you know, the, the kind of rebellious teenagers, but what some people don't realize is that the sounds and the lyrics yes. coming through that does start to program the mind to behave in a certain way. Absolutely, and I even, I even believe that as they start to sing the song with the musician, mm -hmm. that they start to get in sync with that vibration. And our bodies have so much water in them that I believe that it, it changes the water in your body. There was a scientific study about that too. Wow, that's fascinating. Well, we are gonna take another break and be right back with Dr. Willis. In this three-part audio series, you will find scripture meditations for divine life, health, and wealth. As the scriptures are brought to life with the accompaniment of instrumental sounds, you will be encouraged by the power of God's spoken word. Meditations for divine life will set you free from that old life of sin, fear, addictions, and depression, releasing you into a life filled with righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Meditations for divine health gives you a daily dose of God's medicine and fills you in on all your benefits. 
Meditations for Divine Wealth edifies you to be like the patriarch Isaac, who while meditating, looked up and saw his camels coming, which was God's provision. This set will elevate your faith to the forefront in calling these areas in your life as though they are. Visit KathyBixel.com to purchase your choice of either a CD or an MP3 download. That's K-A-T-H-Y-B-I-C-H-S-E-L.com. KathyBixel.com. Well, we are back with Dr. Terry Willis. Uh, Terry, we ended our last segment talking about the power of joy. Uh, because as, as part of your practice, um, I know that your heart is to minister wholeness to people, especially in the area of their soul. Um, tell me some things that you have uh, learned in your practice in uh, caring for others, uh, and also some uh, insights into what training you like to give to people in overcoming difficult situations. I noticed in uh, some of the, uh, the uh, work that you gave me to look over that uh, you, you really emphasize the importance of self-care yes. uh, for many people. I'm assuming that's because you find that people don't take care of themselves Correct. enough. Uh, talk to me a little bit about that. Yes, a lot of parents believe it's, it's best to focus on their children completely. The problem with that is if you're healthy and if you're well rested and if you have fed yourself properly, if you're thinking properly, then when you interact with your children, you just have that much more to give away. Wow. So when parents consume themselves with, themselves with their children, then they end up depleted. Then their patience isn't as long. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. Yes. And so I always encourage them to go ahead and get a great sitter to watch your children and have a girl's day out. And then you may also carve out some time to spend time with your husband. It's all different time. And so when they get back to their children, they're well rested. They're, they're joyful. Right. And they have that much more to give away to their children. Do you, do you have a lot of women coming to you for counseling more than men? What is the percentage of, of uh, like some of the, the, uh, the issues that you're really confronted with in your practice? Is it mostly women? Uh, do you have women, men, children? I know that uh, from my, uh, you know, when, we, when you worked for me that you did a lot with teenagers, yes. which uh, you were fantastic with teenagers. Uh, but what, what are you finding most prevalent in your practice right now in terms of ministering to people? Well, I find it's probably about 70% female, 30% male. Mm -hmm. But uh, the men that do come to me, they, they like what I have to say. Right. They see that I'm not emotional in the council. Right. They see that I can just answer their question directly. Right. And let's say their spouse is, is more emotional. They see how I handle her, how I empathize with her, but yet I get her back on track you know, with working through the, the problem. Do you find that, that, uh, that, I don't mean this to be a sexist question, but mm -hmm. just from having raised children as a working mother myself, do you find that women have more of an issue with self-care than men? Or, or do men have a tendency just as well, they may carry perhaps sometimes more financial burden or? Right, right. So they can carry um, inner issues uh, similarly. Right. But the way they work through them is just different. Mm 
And then I do find that men will take a little time for themselves. They don't feel like they need to uh, constantly wipe the counter, for example. Right. You know, they, they, well, you know the money's you, in the bank. That is not me to want to constantly wipe the counter. And There's a couple of other things I would do, but. Yes, yeah, so, so men are, are more likely to take the weekend to veg a little bit or go right. play golf or something like that. Whereas women feel like that's being irresponsible. So I would say they have a slight advantage with self-care mm -hmm. when it comes to carving out time. However, it's about equal when it comes to changing their minds and putting their minds on something that's peaceful. That's right. probably equal. And you also talk about the importance of nourishing yourself, spirit, soul, and body. Yes, because I believe that we are spirit beings. Right. We have a soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions, and we live in a body. But so when I'm looking at you, you are spirit, soul, and body. So. In order for you to be balanced, I have to help you to be healthy and whole in all three areas. For example, let's say you're good at eating healthy and going to the gym three times a week. Right. But let's okay. say you're not good at controlling your thinking. Right. Right. So it's, it's counterproductive. So you're right. taking care of your body in one way, yet you're dumping toxins into your bloodstream with, with toxic thinking or negative thinking. Right. So we have to address all of the areas in order to become completely whole. And I think that that's prevalent, too, among people very involved in caring for other people, whether it's caring for loved ones. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I had uh, the opportunity several years ago to have to care for an ailing uh, relative. Mm -hmm. um, actually, we moved her into, her into our home. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember that, uh, my great aunt, and how depleted I actually felt because there were just so many hours, you know, so many hours in the day. Correct. But uh, one of the things that I think about too is, uh, is people involved in church work that are just never rest, pastors that never have, you know, I was the firstborn in a single parent home. And I say to people, uh, I say to people all the time, that sometimes your, 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 your childhood or your past can create adult patterns. Correct. Correct. You know, create adult patterns. And I found myself in my 30s and mostly in my 40s, I don't know how to rest because I didn't know how to rest. I didn't have a normal childhood, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure my situation is probably very similar to, to many others. So I had to discipline myself. Mm -hmm. It's still a battle. Honestly, it's still a battle. It's where I have to almost take a Shabbat. Like yes. I have to discipline myself to say, you know what? I'm gonna let God now work for 24 hours. No very laptop, good. no computer, you very know, good. anything like that. You but know? yes, we, we are usually programmed by the age of 10 to 12. Right. And we're on a, what I call a life track. And so it's easy to go into that groove that, that we already have the habit established. Right, But right. it could have been not a healthy habit. Right, it, it wasn't a healthy, I mean, I know for sure. And I know how much better I feel. Yes. And not even so much feel emotionally or even physically, but my thinking. Yes. You know, I'm able to, you know, I'll spend that extra time just listening to the Lord speak and knowing he's able, I don't have to take care of everything. Right. And you know, that ability, you know, to, uh, to not feel the pressure to have to take care of everything yourself, I think is a challenge for many of you. We were so glad to have uh, Dr. Terry with us on today's broadcast, but there are so many things that uh, I want her to talk to us about that we are going to have a, another uh, episode of Beautiful Life with Dr. Terry on our, on, on our broadcast next week. So I want you to join us. We 
are going to be talking about uh, some uh, really powerful topics. The difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. Uh, many of us have great issues and challenges in our personal relationships, sometimes with our spouses, uh, sometimes other church leaders, uh, our children. And uh, one of the, the great uh, gifts I think that Dr. Terry has is the ability to kind of laser-like cut through and uh, help people understand uh, ways to cope and heal uh, when it comes to relationship issues. And so I invite you to join us again next week on Beautiful Life. Don't forget to log on, follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, uh, log on to our website, subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you can get uh, the broadcast as soon as they are released. We just love you here at Beautiful Life TV. Uh, stay in touch with us, and we will see you again next time. We trust you enjoyed this episode of Beautiful Life and the teaching ministry of Kathy Dixon. For more information about Kathy, her books, downloads, and CDs, please visit BeautifulLifeTV.com. If you are interested in Kathy's teaching schedule, or perhaps you would like her to speak at a church or event near you, please email info at BeautifulLifeTV.com. We would like to thank you for taking the time to join us as we trust that God's blessing will continue to offer you his beautiful life. So long for now. Kathy Bixel, and welcome to today's broadcast of Beautiful Life. We are so happy to have with us again today, Dr. Terry Willis of Love and Willis Family Counseling. Uh, Dr. Terry, we're so happy that you could join us again today. We had a wonderful interview with you on our last episode. Um, I wanted you today, if you could on this episode, to uh, begin to talk to us about some things that are very meaningful to you. Um, uh, especially the area of uh, understanding the difference, helping people understanding the diff to understand the difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. Uh, relationships are a big part of our daily life and, in fact, uh, is an area that many of us have challenges with. And for especially those of us that are Christians, you know, uh, we need to have, I believe, you believe, we need to have a greater understanding of what it really means to forgive and what it looks like. So I want you to preach to us today as we begin this segment and uh, let us hear what's on your heart. Well, forgiveness is huge. The first right. thing I want to say about forgiveness is it's something that you do for yourself. More than, than you do it for God or for the other person, you get the biggest gift when you choose to forgive. I believe that. I it believe releases that. you from, from a wrong connection with the person. It releases you from developing bitterness on the inside of you. And so forgiveness just takes your own decision. It starts with just a decision. 
And then you just invite God into the process to help you to complete the forgiveness. Sometimes we can't complete it on our own. Right, it's just too right. big. It's just too heavy. But God just wants us to choose it and to invite him and Holy Spirit in to help us to complete it. And so you don't need the other person's forgiveness or, or permission. Right. Uh, you don't need them to own up to anything. It's just a decision that you make. Right. And so when it comes to reconciliation, now the other person is very much involved because wow. some people you don't want to be reconciled to. Now, like, let, let's, for me to have an understanding of how that plays out, uh, let's say uh, one of our viewers, you have some, somebody does something to you very hurtful. And I'm assuming in whether it's family counseling and everything, a lot of our wounding in life or disappointments come from people letting us down, falling yeah. short of our expectations. Mm -hmm. And I have noticed in, in the years that I've been in ministry, several decades of being in ministry, that this issue of not being able to let go of something affects people's health. It affects their ability to progress into their destiny. Yes. So help us ex understand what forgiveness is supposed to look like as a Christian, because I know, for example, in, in my life, I could, and maybe in other of your, your clients or whatever, where I could have uh, actually be in forgiveness, not hold animosity, have let them go. Mm -hmm. But then the issue begins to then how to relate to that person mm -hmm. in the future, right? Mm -hmm. yes. Does yes. that does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. You know, sometimes it's a family member yes. and you're forced to, you have to deal within the confines of, of, of a family member yes. that, but what if it is a, a brother or sister in the Lord of church? What if it is a coworker? What mm -hmm. if it's your boss? Mm -hmm. What does that look like in terms of reconciliation? And what, where could that, where could the, where does the responsibility begin and end with me? What am I responsible for? Am I completely responsible for then for that relationship to be exactly like it was before? No, not at all. Some people aren't healthy enough to be in a close relationship with them. Oh, right, right, so if right. Not healthy enough. They're doing nothing to become healthy. You know, they don't think they hurt you. They don't care if they hurt you. Then they're not safe. So you right, can only right. be close with people who are safe. So sometimes it could be a parent, it can be um, a sibling, and, and that's a relationship that's gonna be long-term, right, but you right. still have to set boundaries. Right. Meaning, if it's an unsafe parent, then unfortunately you can't talk to them every day. Right. You can't be around them as much as maybe you would even like to, because it's just toxic. Right. And so it doesn't mean that you love them any, le any less. Right. It just means that you understand um, your commitment to your own well-being and you're not going to allow toxicity to overtake you and shut you down because everyone is here with a destiny purpose that right. goes beyond our family. So is that a question of time? You, you understand what I'm saying, Terry? Like if that, if that is a question of time where someone has to become healthy, mm -hmm. I, I think my audience would understand what I'm saying, where... Uh, that it's not like the relationship is over forever, no. but that then it's okay. In other words, I, I, I want to help people understand because I think there, 
I know for me that, and it's part of my temperament, uh, mm -hmm. for those of you uh, that know we, we had on our, on our broadcast several months ago, Dr. Angelina De Silva, and with her, uh, we, we talked a lot about the temperament, which I know that in your practice, you, uh, you follow the same prescription for helping people understand themselves, uh, the temperament area. Uh, so I did want to discuss that again because we did with her. Um, but I know in my temperament that loyalty and relationships are so important to me yes. uh, that sometimes if something isn't right, it could actually, it affects me. Mm -hmm. But I think it's kind of understanding the boundaries yes. of uh, what is my responsibility, where does mine begin and end? Is there a place where I carry unnecessarily, unnecessary guilt? around a relationship not being perfect. Yes. And, and, and actually, that would be a great place uh, for us to start our next segment because I think it's going to take a little bit more time. But I really want to know that answer because I don't think I'm alone in knowing that. As Christians, when we read in the Bible that we're supposed to forgive we can forgive, but does that mean that the next night we have the person over for dinner and we go shopping with them every weekend or, or whatever? So we're going to be right back and have Dr. Terry answer some of those questions. Our country is in trouble. Many people look to capitals like this, whether it's Washington, whether it's state level, they are looking for answers to the problems that they have in life. But I can tell you right now, without God, there's no hope. I'm traveling to all 50 states to hold prayer rallies, calling our nation to God. We're calling it the Decision America Tour we're asking Christians to pray, to vote for candidates that stand for biblical values and engage in your community. I'll challenge Christians to live out their faith at home, in public, and at the ballot box. I believe this next election may be the most important election maybe in the history of our nation. And we can have an impact on this. We're not supporting any candidates, we're not supporting any party, but we want to lift up the name of Jesus Christ. I want people to come to capital steps like this where we're gonna pray. And I'm going to preach a gospel message, and I'm going to encourage Christians to stand up and let their voice be heard. So please, get involved in the Decision America Tour. Go to DecisionAmericaTour.com for dates and rallies. Well, we are back now for this segment with Dr. Terry Willis. And uh, Dr. Terry, if you could answer my questions about, uh, you know, how we can better understand forgiveness and uh, and what reconciliation looks like in our relationships. Okay, so forgiveness takes just an individual choice. Okay. And it's between you and God alone. No one else has to do anything. They don't have to be sorry. They don't have to say they're sorry. You don't need them at all to right. choose to forgive. That's just, a relief. <laughs> yeah, you just need God yeah. and the Holy Spirit to help you to accomplish it fully, right. to keep peeling the, la the layers until it's all gone. Right. But when it comes to reconciliation, now it takes two people working together along with God in the same direction. Right. You know the scripture that says, how can two walk together unless they agree? That's powerful, yeah. And so it's impossible to, to 
remain friends with someone who's walking in another direction. Right. It's impossible right. Wow. to be really super close with even a parent when they're walking in a totally different direction. Right. So there is no responsibility on you, no requirement from God for you to keep you guys close. All right. God asks you to do is to forgive them and to love them. Right. He says, oh, no man, nothing but to love them. Yes. And so even God doesn't oh, call good. everyone friend. Wow. You know, there's the outer court, there's the inner court, and then there's the holy of holy up close to his heart. Yes. And so it's likewise, we have to be wise about that as well. You know, a friend is thinking about your heart, what hurts you, what encourages you. Right. And they're on that track. You know, not everyone's on that track. Some people are so preoccupied with their own hurts or disappointments yes. that when they show up in front of you, their mind really isn't on you. So sometimes they hurt us intention, you know, unintentionally. Right, right, right. And We're so all human. It happens. Right. But yeah. what happens is this. Either the person is safe to be really close to your heart or they're not. Whether that's a parent, a spouse, or, or a sibling. Now, I highly recommend getting counsel to see if you guys can get on the same page and work together right. and build a bridge to understand. Right. Especially if it's in the context of a marital relationship, yes. you, you most surely do. Uh, and, you know, even if it's a, I'm sure in your practice where you have family, yes. uh, family issues as well. But what, what I find is that, and maybe it's just how I am, but mm -hmm. I think what becomes the challenge I can generally, I find myself, aren't you glad I'm sharing all this like, <laughs> I, I, it maybe it's seems good. like a little personal, but hopefully someone out there understands. I can generally, uh, you know, people talking negative about me or saying something negative or whatever, um, or people honestly making a mistake or maybe not expressing love and, you know, all those things that are in our, in our lives with family or whatever. Um, but I think, I would think that coming back from a broken trust, mm -hmm. I think that now if in marital relationships, I'm sure um, adultery or any kind of infidelity is clearly an issue, a trust issue that is very difficult. Of course. But even on lower level breaking mm -hmm. of trust, yeah. um, that for me, I think the, that it really helps me and I'm, I'm hoping helps our, our uh, viewing audience that you can, just because you don't have a perfect relationship with another individual does not mean you haven't forgiven them. Correct. That you can actually be walking in forgiveness. I think what you said is so freeing that you can, as long, the way I always do it, this is my filter, Terry. Mm -hmm. As long as I know in my heart, I am totally protecting you in spirit, mm -hmm. that I am not purposefully doing something to hurt you. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I need to be careful when you have hurt me before. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing that somehow is, it's not that uh, I feel like a person has to be punished for having that. That's no. not what I feel at all. It just becomes difficult to trust them again. And that makes sense. And that bothers me that I, you know, that sometimes there are individuals that once that trust is broken, yes. you can love them. And yes. you may even think it's important, like let's say a church family environment or even your own family or extended family. But I suppose it's not that you have to be hopeless about a situation, but there's, I think there's things that only God can do to bring something back to what it is supposed to be if it's supposed to be that, and right. maybe you can. That's why it's so important that we keep 
forgiving. Like, let's say we have another piece of the memory. We've forgiven the person and we're minding our own business, washing dishes, and here comes another memory. <laughs> and you feel the yes. sting of it. Yes. So if you feel the sting of it, be real about it. Just kind right. of go, okay, God, I felt that. I ask yes. you for healing balm for my heart. And I choose to forgive them again today. And I choose to bless them again today. And then get your mind on something else. Right. And that's our responsibility so that the, if the other person comes to a place of wholeness where they can be trusted, and it'll be really clear when that takes place. Right. Because the first thing right. they're going to want to do is come to you and say, you know what? What I did to you, what I said to you was wrong. Right. Please forgive me. They're not going to try to brush it away and act like it didn't happen or act right, like you owe right. them. They're going to come to you totally differently. Right. And then Holy Spirit will help you know when that person's safe and you can begin rebuilding again. But I can't pretend someone's safe if they're not. I can't pretend I trust you if right, I don't. Right. And God is never asking us to pretend anything. Right. He and likes authenticity. He knows what you're thinking and feeling anyway. Yes. And I think sometimes, Terry, what I have found is that sometimes people's behavior is just, I, I don't want to be futile here, but their life patterns. And un, unless they really um, are challenged in a way to change, yes. you just have to learn to love that flaw. It, not love the flaw, but love them in spite of that flaw. Correct. Amen. But, but you may not be able to be close with them. Right. It's true. Okay. We will be right back for our next segment. I hope this is blessing you and encouraging you as much as it is me. We'll be right back. I'm traveling to all 50 states. We're asking Christians to pray, to vote for candidates that stand for biblical values and engage in your community, and I'm going to be sharing the gospel. Join me for the Decision America Tour. Well, welcome back. We are here with Dr. Terry Willis in our final segment. Uh, in our break, Terry, uh, we were talking about, or you mentioned to me, the, the issue of expectations as it uh, relates to uh, relationship challenges. So speak to us a little bit about that. Yes. Uh, let's say you're having a problem with your Aunt Jane. Okay. Aunt Jane may not want to change anything she's doing. She may not want to change the way she speaks to you. She may not want to change how many personal questions she asks you. Wow. And so you have to accept her choice to remain right. that way. But then draw a boundary, boundary and just know that you can't have Aunt Jane really close to you because right. she's going to overstep boundaries. And sometimes that's about maybe you wanting a relationship with someone yes. more than they do and kind of backing off and understanding perhaps. Yes, and maybe you want more of a relationship with them. They love you, but right. they're not willing to do the work to become safe enough for, to be close with you. Right. You know, it's really interesting. I think that um, many of the things that you have to say are so valuable. Uh, I, I personally believe that we live in a culture that is so um, so almost uh, violent and angry about the breakdown in relationships. Like our role model should probably not be the housewives of such and such no. on how to deal with relationships. Uh, you know, not. the how. I mean, they're like you know that is. I think that there needs to be uh, you know even in in the Christian community sometimes we just carry over some of the cultural ways that we're taught now to relate to people. Um, that are not godly and don't have a, you know, a, a fruitful end, you know, to them. Uh, do you, do you find people becoming a little bit more because the culture is kind of desensitized and, and so narcissistic yeah. that just even the way people speak to each other is, is poor now? 
Yes, I, I see it as an issue. Yeah. You know, I don't understand how Christians in particular give themselves permission to take on behaviors that don't line up with the word of God, but, but they do. Right. And so, and when they do, then we may not want to be in a close relationship with them. We may love them, go right. to lunch with them twice a year and that's it. Right. You know, but it's the wisdom of God to be able to keep yourself safe. And your, the Bible says, guard your heart with Amen. all diligence yes. because out of it flows the very issues of life. It's so so if I put myself in a position to be cut up constantly, then it's going to delay me landing in the center of my destiny, the whole reason why I was sent to the earth. Yes. And you can't allow any relationship to do that. Not the one with your parents, not the one with the spouse. No relationship needs to be so toxic that it's taken yes. away from what you're on the earth to do. That is so true. And you, when you think about how much Jesus talked about it, you know, even in terms of our prayer life, our ability to communicate with God, how much the, you know, that when we are in places of uh, unforgiveness, how it affects, you know, right. how it affects our lives. So that, that was, uh, thank you very much, Terry. That was really some great insight. Uh, one other thing that I, I really did want you to share with our viewers is uh, some insights on how to recover, get restoration mm -hmm. uh, when something is broken okay. and it's it, whether it's, you know, a divorce, uh, you know, minister to, to the people along those lines. So here again, even in a divorce situation, you weren't sent to the earth to be married. It's something that you were allowed to do along the way if you wanted to. Right. And so it's not the primary reason why you're on the earth. So you can't even allow a wound like that to get in the way of what your destiny purpose wow, that's is. that's powerful. And so it's all about forgiving the person, releasing the person, blessing the person to be well in their life, yes. you know, and then refocusing. See, we get disappointed, but we can get reappointed. Yes. And so you can't allow something to cause you to be so distracted that you can't move forward. Right. Because then it has an idolatrous position in your life. And right. that's a big problem. And I noticed too what I noticed too that and I, I, I don't mean this to sound as a sexist remark, but I, I, I find that two women have the greatest challenge in when there is that brokenness um, they can't seem to move forward. Mm -hmm. Their lives can't move forward because they want some kind of retribution, mm -hmm. or you know what I mean, yes. um, or some way to be uh, recompensed for an injustice that was done, right? Yes. Um, but truly, when you refocus on your relationship with the Lord in making you whole, yes. because there's only things that can that God that only can be healed in you supernaturally. I mean, Correct. really those kind of, uh, those kind of wounds. So, um, you know, so it's important, I, I think, to understand that uh, letting go, you know, oh, oh, just let go of it. Mm -hmm. But it really, it really is a process, but it's an important process. You can't move on any Correct. other way. In other words, you're controlling what you're supposed to control, which is yourself. Right. and your response to what other people are doing and saying and how they're choosing to live their lives. Right. So you're just accepting their choice to live their lives their way, but you're, you're also redirecting and saying, okay, God, thank right. you for healing bomb. Thank you, Lord, that I have purpose. And thank you, Lord, that you're gonna get me over this hurdle. Amen, and he will get you. He will, Every time. He will get you over the hurdle. When it all comes down to it, we, we talk about uh, how we can help and how Terry uh, can, uh, as her gifting can help you, but it really is the Lord that does the work of restoration 
in relationships. And so Terry, as we're closing out this segment of the broadcast, I'd like you to speak into the camera to just exhort our viewers and, and pray for us before we close the broadcast. Could you do that for us? I'd love to. That would be great, I'd thank you. Well, Father God, I thank you that you thank intimately you, love every person under the sound of my voice. And God, I thank you that you know the things that, is, that have pierced their hearts, Father. And God, I just ask you to pour out your spirit upon them right where they are. God, I ask you for honey oil from heaven. Yes, To Lord. take the sting out of every memory. And God, I thank you that you can gather every piece that was shattered yes, and make them Lord. whole again. God, I know that's your loving heart for them. And God, I ask you to let them know your perfect, pure love in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Dr. Terry, we are so uh, glad that you were on the broadcast with us. For those of you that would uh, love to get in contact with Dr. Terry Willis, our producer is going to have that information for you on the screen. Uh, it, it will be uh, at www.loveandwillisfamilycounseling.com. Uh, Terry, uh, also, if you are not in this geographical area, as you know, Beautiful Life is centered in New Jersey. If you are not in, uh, in the New Jersey area, but you've been touched by this broadcast and you know that uh, our beautiful Dr. Terry can help you, then uh, we want you to know that she does do Skype appointments and all that wonderful technology that's out there sure, uh, is, sure is helpful in helping people over long distances. I know that you mentioned that you do have clients that all over you the do. World. Yeah, all over the world. She has clients all over the world. And if you're all over the world, then you qualify. We are so grateful that we had Terry with us. We encourage you to uh, continue to uh, log on to our broadcast, to uh, pass forward these episodes on to others that you know that may be going through painful circumstances, especially in uh, lost or broken relationships in their lives. We are so grateful for you, our audience. We invite you to join us every time we're on. We ask you to uh, log on to our website, beautifullifetv.com. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's an opportunity for you to even partner with us so that others can be blessed by this broadcast. We thank you so much for joining us today. God loves you, and he has a beautiful, peaceful, wonderful life planned for you through his son, Jesus Christ. We trust you enjoyed this episode of Beautiful Life and the teaching ministry of Kathy Dixon. For more information about Kathy, her books, downloads, and CDs, please visit BeautifulLifeTV.com. If you are interested in Kathy's teaching schedule, or perhaps you would like her to speak at a church or event near you, please email info at BeautifulLifeTV.com. We would like to thank you for taking the time to join us as we trust that God's blessing will continue to offer you His beautiful life. So long for now.
Bixel, and welcome to today's broadcast of Beautiful Life. We are so honored and thrilled, in fact, to once again have with us on our broadcast Dr. Terry Willis, the, uh, who's a PhD and founder of Love and Willis Family Counseling. Uh, Dr. Terry, thanks again for being with us today. Thank you. Uh, we, in our previous broadcast, touched on uh, this whole uh, subject of self-care and the importance of uh, taking care of yourself, spirit, soul, and body. Mm -hmm. And I think so many, there's such a preoccupation uh, in, in our culture with, you know, uh, eating right and exercising, you know, uh, we're gonna, as long as we eat the right things and, you know, have tofu and wear Fitbits and, yeah. you know, we're, we're all gonna live to 100. Mm -hmm. uh, when in reality, studies show us, tell us that stress yeah. is the number one killer. And so I'd love on this broadcast for you to share with us some insights, uh, if you would, about the importance of knowing, of taking care of your soul, uh, guarding your heart, so to speak, and the uh, connection between mind and body. Uh, we know that in, the, uh, in, in, in our culture right now, there's a lot of emphasis on the mind and body connection. Mm -hmm. And the mind and body connection has been here all along because it's revelation out of the Bible. Yeah. For those of you that read your Bible, we see that there is a big connection between keeping your thoughts focused on God and on right things, and uh, the, when your mind is not focused on positive, but focused on a lot of negativity, that it does in fact impact your physical life. So we give you the floor here today and just share with us your, your, your insights. Okay, well the reason why you wanna guard your heart and what you allow your mind to think on is because your thoughts are going to release into your bloodstream physiologically. And wow. so upward, happy, uplifting thoughts are gonna put into your bloodstream something that's really good, you know, and calming and uplifting mm -hmm. and joyful. And then toxic thinking or negative thinking is going to dump in other chemicals that are, are doing something really not good to your body. Right. And so um, there's actually studies out now if, if people want to just Google. And you'll see that you could have two patients with the exact same diagnosis, the exa exact same prognosis. And the one who says, okay, doctor, I'm going to start writing goodbye letters to all of my children. They, oh, die, wow. they, they die on the nose of what the doctor said. The other person That's who says, thank you, doctor, but I'm going to beat this. He right. does because his mind is on living versus yes. dying. Wow. So his thoughts throughout the day aren't, oh, my gosh, how's my wife going to make it? How are my children going to make it? Oh, I didn't want to die this young. I mean, right. thinking that all day is actually killing them, Right. helping them to die. The, the negativity has really affects our ability it's easy to become so negative about a, a contrary situation or a challenge or a setback. Yeah. And really when in fact, it's our negativity around the setback, not the setback itself. Correct. A, a lot of times this is what takes us out. Correct, there's lots of stressors right. out there. But the amount of stress that you have is how you respond to the stressor. Oh, that's what I've discovered, yes. So, I mean, God can teach us how to live in the eye of the storm. He didn't yes. say we wouldn't have storms. Right. But we're supposed to have peace in the middle of the storm. Right. Anyone can rejoice and be happy and joyful and relaxed once the storm is over. But God wants us to enjoy that for the duration because some storms last a little longer than, than other storms. 
Now, you, I'm sure you find in your practice, and, and I know from just, my, just living life and interacting with other human beings, that we are not all alike, that there's certain ones of us that um, are just a little bit, I, I don't like to use the term, but I guess it's what will describe it, more wired to be optimistic. But there it's are those true. of them, I call them the Eeyores, you know, mm -hmm. um, where the same situation can happen yes. and someone that is more prone to being fearful or right away will default to negativity while another person will just, in a resilient sort of way, say, oh no, things are going to get better and yes. have a more positive view. So um, first of all, is that in fact true that there can be people that are more wired to be uh, prone to more stress. Correct. Um, and if that is the case, how have you seen in your practice and uh, your, your work, uh, have, what, what tools have you given to your clients uh, and patients that have helped them rebound? Well, that brings us back to a, a temperament page where okay. certain temperaments are wired to be more optimistic. It's going to be better next time. I can do it better next time. And right. the opposite temperament is wired to pick out the negative, the negative aspects right. of the I call problem. it Eeyore, the Eeyore spirit, I call it. Yeah. And it's actually, it's artists. Artists are very sensitive. They're very creative, but they're also very sensitive. Take David. Right. David was an artist. He was a singer, very a musician, creative. but he was very sensitive. So he wrote most of the Psalms, right? And you'll see that sometimes he's like, oh God, you are mighty and you showed up and you helped me. And the next one, he's almost like, oh God, why have you forsaken me? <laughs> Well, that's that. <laughs> that brilliant, is absolutely right. Right. That's right. the brilliant mind of the melancholy. That's on the you know, depending on what they're thinking about. Right. And so, let's say I'm working with a client who I know by temperament is a melancholy. Then I already know how much encouragement they're going to need. Right. I know I'm going to have to help them to avoid the pitfall of overthinking and overanalyzing things. Right. And then, they have this ability to replay something that has happened that's hurtful, and they replay it in 3D. So wow. I teach them how to get your mind off of that. And they can literally think on a time they went to Disney World at age 16. That's Philippians right. 4. It doesn't have to be, you know, right. oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. God's great. But it's right. also biblical to just think on something that's good and lovely and wow. uplifting. Yes. And so it can be as simple as taking some time and writing down some things that are uplifting to you, some, some things that make you smile, right. some things that make your heart light up. And then open your journal, go to that, and then just pick one and spend time imagining that time. Wow. That it still, it still will release into your bloodstream something that's good. Wow, that's fantastic. Well, I want you to share some more. We're going to take a break right now. Uh, we'll be right back and hear some of Dr. Willis's uh, really healthy tips for soul care. Our country is in trouble. Many people look to capitals like this, whether it's Washington, whether it's state level, they are looking for answers to the problems that they have in life. But I can tell you right now, without God, there's no hope. I'm traveling to all 50 states to hold prayer rallies, calling our nation to God. We're calling it the Decision America Tour 
We're asking Christians to pray, to vote for candidates that stand for biblical values and engage in your community. I'll challenge Christians to live out their faith at home, in public, and at the ballot box. I believe this next election may be the most important election maybe in the history of our nation. And we can have an impact on this. We're not supporting any candidates, we're not supporting any party, but we want to lift up the name of Jesus Christ. I want people to come to capital steps like this where we're going to pray. And I'm going to preach a gospel message and I'm going to encourage Christians to stand up and let their voice be heard. So please get involved in the Decision America Tour. Go to decisionamericatour.com for dates and rallies. Welcome back. We're with Dr. Terry Willis, and we have been talking about uh, our, our soul and keeping our mind focused on the right things that uh, Dr. Terry shared with us, the importance of thinking right thoughts because they actually impact our body. Here in uh, the book of Philippians, I wanted to read a portion of scripture today out of my Bible. Uh, in the break, I just thought that this would be great to read, where the Apostle Paul writes, and he tells, he tells the Christians in Philippi, he tells them to, to do this. He says, whatever is worthy of reverence and honorable and seemly, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if there is any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, something yeah. to be to be able to praise God about something, even yes. if it's the smallest thing, yes. think on and weigh and take account of these things, fix your minds on them. Yes. So even the Apostle Paul in the you know, ancient Bible writings talked about the importance of, uh, because in the verses prior in this uh, chapter, Philippi, uh, chapter Philippians 4, he was talking about having the peace of God that transcends all understanding. Yeah. And I think that's the challenge in the world today. There are so many things to be anxious about. Mm -hmm. And this ability to take our thoughts and redirect them, and in that we're wired to do that, that that brings us, helps us maintain peace, I think is powerful. It really does. I mean, actually, as you were reading that, my mind went back to when I was a child. Mm. And I had chronic, chronic asthma to the point of oh of that's almost, right that's a wonderful dying. testimony and yes. that that is when the lord first started really teaching me this and because i was little like five six seven that age he actually used a cartoon that i had watched before you know with the devil on one shoulder <laughs> and the angel on the other shoulder and it's like i would see that in my mind's eye and i could you know the more i focused on the fact that i couldn't breathe and wow. there was nothing they were doing that was going to help me and this was in the 60s before they had all the medication and they actually thought asthma was psychological. Wow. And so I remember my, my, oldest, my oldest sister being in nursing school, coming home, and I heard her tell my mom that, it's in her mind, and I remember being so irritated oh on the goodness. inside. But what I noticed was the more I thought about how I couldn't breathe, the more I thought about, well, I don't wanna go to sleep because if I do, I may not wake up, wow. the harder it was to breathe. And the mm. Lord would teach me Focus on that little angel on that side and, and, and do what they're saying. And I would just be calm and wow. be very quiet and very still. And I'm telling you, it's the very reason why I'm still here today. Wow, that's powerful. And thankfully, when I was 12 years old, I landed in the hospital. 
under an oxygen tent. And this is when I had a heart to heart with God myself, knowing very little. Right, right. And I just kind of said, hey, God, I saw a miracle that you did before. And so, God, I know you have the power to heal me. Yes. And I'm asking you to do it. And I even said, I don't know if my mother is in sin and you can't hear her prayer for me. <laughs> But please forgive wow, her. Wow. And then I said, I don't know if I sin, but please forgive me. I right. said, because God, I can't do this almost die thing again. Wow. I was never sick like that ever again. How old are you? This was the first 12 years of my life. Wow. And I'm now 52, so it's been 40 years wow. since I've had an asthmatic attack. That's, and it was wow. nothing but the Thank divine you, power Lord. of God. But he was teaching me that very thing that you read. Think on this. So I would just think on peaceful, good, happy thoughts. And I would also think on, I want to live. And I would yes. say, God, I want to live. And I'm telling you, it preserved my life. Wow. Now, is, it, is, there, is this the same as you know, uh, some of our viewers who maybe have been uh, in a counseling help that even, isn't even you know, non-Christian, mm -hmm. uh, but secular counseling, where they call a cognitive therapy? Is mm -hmm. this the same thing, Terry, or is it different? Yes, yes and no. It's similar in that cognitive means you know, the mind and what you're thinking right, on. Right. So it's similar in that way. But when you add a principle from the Bible, now you've kicked it up a whole nother notch. Okay, now that's what I wanted to get to. Now you have supernatural power on top of just positive thinking. Right. Positive thinking is great, and it'll do a lot of things for somebody right. who's See, that's atheist. the distinction I wanted you to talk about, that there, because there is a lot about, uh, there is a, a lot of literature and everything out there about, you know, being positive. You know, I think about being a child uh, and seeing on my mother's dresser, you know, as she was trying to raise three children on her own, mm -hmm. Norman Vincent Peale's book on, you know, how, and I remember as a little child, you know, kind of, you know, going through the book and, um, you know, reading. I remember laying there reading it and thinking, oh, this is probably good. Like, we should all be, like, happy, whatever. But this is when you have a relationship with Christ and you have the power of the spoken word. Yes. That's, uh, that does kick it up a notch. And that's what... Correct. Right. I mean, and listen, they've actually tapped into, like meaning secular people, non-Christians, they're tapping into a principle that God set in motion. So it's still right. going to work just like gravity. Gravity works for everyone. Right. Because God set it in motion. So yes. they're, they're discovering and tapping into something that God has already set in motion. So it's going to work for them. Just like farming. Whether you're a right. Christian or not, if you put a seed in the ground and you water it and you fertilize it, it's going to grow. Right. That's a God principle. Yes. So they're tapping into it, but when you know you're conscientiously a, a, um, attaching it to something that God has promised right. or something that he said, now a supernatural component comes yes. in. Yes, yes. Just like the miraculous, yes. which is why I was never sick again after having been sick for 12 years straight. Wow, And my mother so actually had a sister that died of asthma. And she has a brother who still has it. And right. so it was different for me only because of the supernatural component, I'm telling you. Well, and you don't, you know, sometimes people might be listening and say, oh, they're, they're making this so simplistic, right? That you, you just think yourself well. But it's deeper than that. When you have the words that God has spoken over you that, are, that is confirming who you are now in Christ and what the power of God is in you, it yes. adds, it, it, it's as a whole nother dimension. Well, we will be right back with our final segment of today's broadcast with Dr. Terry Willis.
I'm traveling to all 50 states. We're asking Christians to pray, to vote for candidates that stand for biblical values and engage in your community, and I'm going to be sharing the gospel. Join me for the Decision America Tour. Well, we are back with Dr. Willis, and we are talking about keeping our minds focused on God's Word and the power that comes to our lives uh, when we do that. Uh, you know, Dr. Terry, in the break, uh, or right before the break, I was thinking about uh, how the scriptures uh, talk to us about the importance of what we focus on. And, uh, and in accordance with what you were saying, uh, we have there's scriptures in uh, Joshua, how God told Joshua what to do with his mind. Yes. He said to be strong and of good courage. Mm -hmm. And uh, if he, you know, to put his mind on the word of God, yes. David in the very first Psalm, the mm -hmm. book of Psalms opens up with David talking about the importance of meditating on God's law, God's word and God's ways. And, and there really is a distinction uh, between just being positive, you know, a positive thinker and thinking about, you know, the word of God. Yes, also later in the Psalm, I think it's like Psalm 165, verse 119, I believe it is. But it actually says, great peace have they that love your word, God. Wow, that is so good. And nothing shall offend them or cause them to stumble. Right. Imagine that. Right. So you become unoffendable. Right. So the person could be trying to offend you, and they can't without you right. uh, giving in to that. But instead, you give in to what God is saying. I remember uh, when I was in Bible school, which was, you know, back when dinosaurs roamed the earth. Uh, <laughs> it was a long, long time ago. But uh, I remember uh, at the time, because I went to Bible school in Tulsa, uh, that uh, Dr. Earl Roberts at that, at that time had said that the Holy Spirit had showed him towards the end of the healing revival uh, in the 60s, 50s and 60s, that the, the diseases that would afflict mankind in the end times wow. or, you know, in, in the generations that were coming would be as the result of stress. And wow. he used that word yeah. back in the 60s wow. when nobody, we, you know, like, it. I mean, I remember, you know, I grew up in the 60s and the 70s and I didn't, stress became the buzzword Correct. in the 80s. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, Hulk, I was at the gym yesterday, you know, a, a new course on stress reduction. And mm -hmm. because we know that that is what, for lack of a better word, is killing people. It's, you know, it, of course we need to take care of our, our physical bodies and everything, but mm -hmm. that it's, it's really our out of control minds. It is correct. It doesn't matter how much you exercise, how much water you drink, <laughs> whether you become right. vegan, that's not, that's only going to do so much. Right. If you're dumping into your bloodstream and into your body toxins all day, every day, because wow, you're relating geez. to life, in a stressful way, then it, 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 it's, it's terrible for your body. Wow. So what could you, um, any like final uh, nuggets here for people that, that, that are kind of nervous Nellies, you know, that, that mm -hmm. the kind of default to the, uh, uh, the worst case scenario, does it get better over time or is it just, or is it just about having that immediate response? Like I know for myself, like, like, things that would normally used to bother you or cause a little bit of stress or anxiety, you learn over time, it's like using an instrument or a tool to, correct? Is it like well, similar to that? you how or? to respond differently. Right, right. Because you saw 
that responding the wrong way, what it was doing to you. Right. So you decided to work on that. With practice then With is right. With practice, exactly. And you can change a habit, it, you can start changing it in days. Right. You know, 30 days, you can create a whole new habit, a whole new response right. to life. Right. So no matter what happens to us, see, we can't control what people do and what they say and what they don't do and what we can't Bro, control boy, any isn't of that. that true? So the right, stressors right. will always be out there. So I don't focus on that. I mm. focus on just my response. Right. And so on a more practical uh, level, as we're closing out this segment, uh, you mentioned journaling, what any like very practical tools that you can suggest for people to get them into the practice mm -hmm. of putting their mind on the right things. Yeah, so even when you journal, I don't believe it's a good idea to write down everything negative right. in order to get it off of your mind. Right. I wouldn't even want to have a record of that. What I, <laughs> it's what the I truth. Would okay, do, everybody, go burn your journals. <laughs> yeah, you want to write down what God said to you in those painful moments. Right. How the outcome of oh, that's that was. Good. That's so good. that when you're feeling down, you can go back to your journal and read and be encouraged that you're going to get out of it again this time. How about prayers? Like to journal like prayers to almost like that's David good, did. Because yeah, that's I've done also that. positive. Right. You know, anything that's positive, I write down positive things. That's great. You know, I don't write down details of the negative thing because I'm not trying to store that. I'm not trying to remember that. I'm trying to recover from that. Right. So I, I will talk about what God did in the middle of a storm. I can say I went through this crisis, but yes, then the rest of yes, it, I can yes. label the crisis, but everything right. after that is going to be the God response. That's, that's, that's great. That's really good. Anything else? Anything? Um, you said the journaling. How about, um, is it, does it help to have people around you. I know when I was raising my kids, I was the mouth monitor, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> it was like, you know, you don't want to say that or that, you know what I mean? Is it, I guess in your, well, in sure. your kind of your surroundings, I think your support know? system should be excellent. But I always tell people that you have to be the number one person on your team right? because you're wow. the decision maker for your own life. So let's say it's team Kathy, right? So the first person on team Kathy has to be Kathy. Because Kathy's going to let the second person in, God, yes. the next person in, Holy Spirit, the next person in, Jesus, the yes. next person in, Dr. Terry. Right. But it has to be in that order because even God is a respecter of your free will. Right. So he's not going to interrupt you and make you listen to him so he can calm you down. So you have to be the first person on your team. Very proactive. Yes. Right. And so that's why when God said, love your neighbor as yourself, he was not confused about the order. If I don't love me. I'm going to have a hard time loving you. Wow. If I don't encourage me, I won't have any encouragement for you. Right. That's powerful. Very powerful. Now, Terry, you mentioned that uh, uh, in, in the break we were talking that, um, of course, we wanted to uh, expose our audience uh, to how they can connect with, uh, with Dr. Willis and her practice. Uh, our producer will have all that on the screen for you. Uh, you know, for you to, to contact her uh, should you need help and, uh, and counseling. And, and don't fear doing that. Uh, we have, we bring on these guests on our show because I know I can't do everything. You know, I learned as a pastor, you know, when I was confronted with a situation that I knew I didn't have something in my toolbox to help someone, I readily, uh, and, and it was often Terry, uh, readily made that recommendation. I suggest you go to this person. Um, 
so do you have you have had people in your practice of course that can come that aren't christians even though it is christian counseling mm -hmm. you do have people that come and are welcome to come that um, aren't christians so to speak yes i've had agnostics i've had atheists i've had buddhists wow i've had a variety of christian faiths and but everyone responds to love yeah everyone responds God's to kindness love. and everyone responds to positivity right and so I, that's the common denominators right. that i use to in, encourage everyone no matter what their background is or or what their faith is or no faith well we thank you so much for these broadcasts dr terry thank, thank you, you so much for being with us it's a uh, for these broadcasts it was wonderful having you with us and of thank course you. i look forward to having a good lunch with you now too awesome well, God loves you here at Beautiful Life. We want you to be whole spirit, soul, and body. So we encourage you to take advantage of uh, continuing to tune into this broadcast and know that God loves you. He has a plan. He has a purpose. And he will make sure that that comes to pass in your life. You just need to partner with him in that plan. God loves you. We love you here at Beautiful Life. Don't forget to stay connected with us, beautifullifetv.com. We'll see you next time. We trust you enjoyed this episode of Beautiful Life and the teaching ministry of Kathy Dixon. For more information about Kathy, her books, downloads, and CDs, please visit BeautifulLifeTV.com. If you are interested in Kathy's teaching schedule, or perhaps you would like her to speak at a church or event near you, please email info at BeautifulLifeTV.com. We would like to thank you for taking the time to join us as we trust that God's blessing will continue to offer you His beautiful life. So long for now.